Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to this wonderful thing that we call Bow on Bulls. The show we talk nothing but the Bulls, only the Bulls and NBA talk. I am Big Dave. I don't see up. Thank y'all for joining us and hanging out with us. Before we get into it, I want to say a big shout out to everybody who came out to the Bulls Fest over the weekend. That was super cool, like a lot of fun. Uh, meeting, you know, all those Bulls fans who not only love the Bulls, but like what, you know, I do, like what Matt does, like what, you know, Will does. It's, it's still crazy <laughs> when people say that shit. So thank you all for, you know, showing us that kind of love. Thank you to the Chicago Bulls. Um, man, thank you to all the players, you know, we got to interview. Thank you to Mark Eversley uh, and everybody we spoke to. Uh, during the Bulls Fest, who were, you know, kind enough to grace us with their presence on our show and talk to us for a few minutes. But it was a really good time. It was really cool. I sat in the tent the entire time. I wasn't coming out there. I'm too big for all that hot. So I sat in that tent and I chilled out and just waited <laughs> to do these interviews, man. But yeah, going into the atrium and, and then seeing all these people and all these fans and everybody I'd see and already know and some people I didn't know before. It was just really cool. You know, it's a really cool festival. It's a really cool thing to see. And one person that I saw who I wasn't expecting to see, which was I kind of fanned out for a second when I saw him because I turned to Matt. I was like, bro, is that Hayes? Hayes over there? I was like, shit, that's Hayes, Matt. I was like, oh, shit, because I hadn't seen him in person before. Like, he'd been here, but I just hadn't had that opportunity to meet that brother in person. And so that was real cool to see him. I speak about him, you know, with a lot of respect, you know, with, with just a lot of love, because that's what I got for him. Uh, this is a hardworking brother, man. If, you know, any sport in Chicago that you're paying attention to, you have got to check out his channel for it, man. I'm sure you guys already are. But that is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Chicago Bulls Central's own CEO Hayes. What up, bro? What's going on, bro, man? Glad to be here, man. It's funny that you say that because, like, I always, like I told you the first time I was ever on Locked on Bulls, like, I've been listening to you and Matt for years, man. Yeah, like, so yeah. <laughs> it's it's just wild now that it's, like, uh, that now that I've gotten into, like, the space and being the creator and everything, like, and like you said, Bulls Fest was amazing. It's, it's great to be around those people, man, but thank you for the kind words, brother. Man, it's just real, bro. Like, it's just honest, man. I. I wanted to ask you this because we were kind of talking about this over here about people coming up to me, you know, and saying hello and what's up and all that. And I love your show. Like, what's that like for you? You know, when that experience happens to you, bro, because I saw it happen to you a few times and I know it's happened to you many times uh, either before or after that. So yeah. what's that like for you when, when those fans show that kind of love? So surprisingly enough, like I, I know people don't believe it, but like I'm an extreme introvert, like yeah. I extreme. So like when I'm in, like it's something that I've had to learn to like it, being in public and people coming up to me. It, it's it catches me off guard every single time. I, I don't think there's going to be something that ever gets old for me, but I appreciate it, man. And like hearing people say, hey, I, I, I watch a show every day. You're the first one I check out in the morning and things like that. Like, that's major to me because like I, I didn't get into this for any type of notoriety or anything. I got into this just because I love my teams. Like, that's yeah. it. That's the only reason I got into it. So I think because it's rooted in a legitimate passion for the Bulls that like to be around people who also share that passion is always special to me, man. Yeah, it's, it's really cool, man. And it's always genuine. You know what I mean? And it yeah. kind of trips you out. At least for me, it trips me out that people will connect with you 
on something on something on that level like oh man you felt that huh or oh man you vibe with that that's crazy you know and they're like no nah, i really do love it like it's really cool so yeah man like i feel you on that uh haze you know i'm, I'm a very chill person and reserved person bro like so it's all it's all it's always crazy but i'm always appreciative you know what i'm saying of it yes. and i'm and i'm thankful for it um i wanted to ask you about you know your your conglomerate your corporation you know what i'm saying <laughs> that you're growing that you're running man um because i'm always just like got mad love and respect for the growth that you always have man like what you're doing on bleacher report now as well um building your base your own channel with chicago bulls central you know white Sox central bear central doing the chicago sky like covering all these teams and i know i know how hard it is you know i mean because you're the face of it and i'm sure you know you're editing putting the shows together putting them out uh promoting it you know what i'm saying and doing yeah. a lot of it on your own and i and i know what that is and i know how overwhelming that got for me which is why I, you know took a break off of this for a minute and was <laughs> yeah. contemplating like man do i really still want to even you know do this you know what i mean like what's it like so i want to know what's your mindset like when do you ever reach that kind of level and and if you do what kind of brings you back to it I think so. Yeah, I, I have times. I, I I've always said I don't necessarily get burnt out, but I definitely have times where I'm like, I'm just tired, right? Just because because I still work a full time job. I got four kids, so like, there's absolutely time where I'm just like, hey man, I'm <laughs> I'm a little tired right now. But I think uh, it's the it's just goes back to the passion and like growing the network now, which is called Shy Town Sports Central Network. Um, it just you know, having a team around me uh, that that are all creatives that we that I work with and that I, you know, I, I, I legitimately love hanging out with these guys. So, like, it makes it easy, too, uh, in that sense. And I think I had, I've had to learn how to release uh, the control and reins a little bit on some things. So, like, very early on, like, I was the one editing every single video from all. We got six channels. Every single video on every channel I was editing. And then eventually I had to learn, like, Bobby. Shout out to Bobby who wanted to take over and do some more on Bulls and on uh, Kev completely handles the White Sox and Cubs. And so I had to learn to, like, ease up on it. We still have – we have our once-a-month meetings where we go over things as a team. But, like, um, I think – once I had, I had to get out the mindset of just being the creative and get into the mindset of unfortunately, like being the guy who's now in charge of running the network. And so in separating those two things, it, it, it was freedom in that. And so um, it's just, I'm such a quality control freak, bro. It, it, it drove me crazy not to have my hands on everything at all. times. <laughs> I hear you, man. Like I know Matt is like that. Matt is, Matt is definitely like that. Like he likes the, control of it i'm not like i do it because it's it's the necessity you know what i mean i'm yeah. like if we got to do it then i'm gonna do it you know what i mean and and you know doing this show i'm like well it's on me i got to do it that's just what it got to be but i don't mind dishing it out you know what i'm saying <laughs> like the control yeah. of it is i'm looking for that looking for those people to help you know what i mean yeah. uh dish it out and do it that way and promote it and it's hard but i think the reason that you you might be so like that at least me too is because it's your baby you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's yours and you know how you want it to be and you know how it's supposed to go. So how speaking on that, like, how did you know which people, you know, to bring to you? Because I've never really heard mm. you and I'm sure you have, but I've never mm. really heard you speak on your team. You know, what I mean, just when you and I talk. So talk to us about how you found that right team for you. And and then you were able to, you know, relinquish that kind of control. So so funny enough, uh, Bobby and C-Dub, who were the first people to join, we started Chicago Bears Central. I had, I had Chicago Bulls Central for almost a year at that point, and uh, we had did an episode. They just reached out to me and were like, hey, man, we love your channel. We'd love to work with you. I wow. brought them in for a post-game show, and when I tell you 
especially as somebody who, like I said, is really introverted. We had we had never talked outside of like a couple of messages. And that episode felt like I was talking and chilling with two guys I grew up with. And uh, I had after that a couple of weeks after that show, I had told them, like, yeah, I'm thinking about starting a Bears channel, too. And they were like, yeah, we're huge Bears fans. And so that naturally kind of went that way. And then we started the Bears channel together, all three of us. Um, and then they knew Kev. And uh, so Kev kind of filled in on some episodes and me and Kev were talking one day and he was like, yeah, man, I'm a huge White Sox and Cubs fan. I was like, I mean, we got a spot. And so that came on. And then Steve-O, who's like my little brother, uh, he was somebody who was in the comments. Me and him used to chat all the time just about sports. And uh, I always told him, like, hey, man, I could tell you want to do this, but like, do I was like, just do it. And so he came on a couple of times and he joined the team. And I said, he's a star in the make. When I tell you his recall on random bulls and every Chicago team, you could be like, hey, man, who started pitcher for the Cubs in 1967? He'd be like, oh, you know, this person started such and such game. Like, and he's a young guy. He's only 24 years old and he has that type of recall. And so uh, extremely talented guy. And so like, as we were growing and then when I was like, hey, man, we we basically have a network here. We just we have to kind of attack it all and have a have a, a mindset of how we want to go about it. And so everybody joined organically. It was just like I, it's, it's I got cool with this guy. I got cool with them. And then we all came together and we all get along extremely well. Uh, the vibe of our friendship is the vibe of the network where it's like we always wanted to feel like you're just like you're talking in the barbershop with guys about sports. And that's what we bring and i think that's what makes it special is that we have high production quality we have all of that but it's still like that down home grassroots feel to what we do and i think that's what makes it special that's cool man can i ask can i ask you like you mentioned before that uh you're more <laughs> you're not you're not in the you know sort of doing all the editing and all that kind of stuff um mm -hmm. do you enjoy like managing more than sort of getting down and dirty no uh, doing i enjoy it Sorry, I, the editing part is always like that's because I don't you, you know, my background is like I work. I owned a photography company. I've worked on mm -hmm. short films. I used to do I did a documentary for Mass Appeal. Like I, I, I've i worked with Nas mm -hmm. before, like their hip, their 50th hip hop anniversary. I filmed and edited all that. So, like, I enjoy that part of it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I, I had my hand so far into it. But you know, I had to learn to relinquish it. But I, I enjoy the editing like the. That that part of it is what makes it special to me because I feel like the content is great, but like how I bring it home, how I deliver it is what separates me. And so the editing portion, I, I honestly love more than recording. I'll edit all day long if I could. Yeah, I ask that because once you edit something, you know, you, you kind of see the outcome and you control it, right? Yeah, right. So and then so there's so there's a moment where you know you're gonna get joy, get that uh, you know, get that sort of like oh, I'm done. I completed. I completed what I want to do. How do you get that from where you are now? I I I find my own I build my own challenges with myself. Like now I'm I'm in the midst like now creating like graphics and like overlays, kind of like how ESPN does. That's like the next level of of production that I want to bring daily to the show. So like I, I make those little challenges for myself, and I'm somebody I always need a challenge to stay interested in something, and so that's how I do it. Like build the the challenges for myself, and uh, like you said though, like bringing everything home, like seeing that finished product and then releasing it and watching people take it and, and love it that's that's it, it's it's always special every single time I, I wanted to ask you about uh pat designer real quick because the last time i, I talked to you guys and we were doing uh thgo bulls he said yeah. um that the one thing about you is basically he has you make him get out of bed 
you know, and actually do stuff because he looks up and you already got like six shows up. And he's like, oh, man, I got to get up. I got to do it. Do you feel that kind of same way uh, with Pat? Because, you know, y'all chemistry, obviously, you can just see it right there on the yeah. screen. You know, your chemistry and, de- and even in person, you can definitely feel it. But is it like that for you, too? Is it that same kind of inspiration? Like, oh, he's on that. Oh, I got to be on that. Like, still start sharpening steel kind of thing. Absolutely. Me and, me and Pat are we're competitive. We're brothers. Uh, but we are we very much push each other. Like if one person does something, it's like bet now I could do it better like that. And that's and mm. not in like a, a negative way. It's all in, in a way of bettering ourselves. So like we we and we're always talking we're like, hey, man, did you know you could do this in premiere? No, I didn't know that. Now let me go do it, too. And I'm going to make it better than you. Like we just we we push each other. And I think that that's part of what makes our chemistry special is that like we both are very extremely self-motivated driven and hard-working people and so like having that together to where we see each other every single day making making ourselves better it pushes us and it's it's helping locked on bulls really benefits from it too like our competitive nature is like the thing that that i think is special with us yeah that's what's up man yeah thanks for saying this stuff man. i just wanted people to you know see behind this for a second let them know you know just the man behind this and what it takes to constantly do this right here bro but yeah, like your inspiration and, you know, and what you do, man, like it's felt like I see it, you know, and other people see it and we're like, oh, yeah, let's get on this. Let's do our thing, man, because Hayes is coming too. Hayes <laughs> is here as well. We going to keep going too, man. So it's it's a beautiful thing, bro. Like, I really appreciate you straight up. Um, But let me let me let's talk about the Bulls, though. Let's get into, you know, why we're here talking about this beloved Chicago Bulls. I want to ask you about the re-signings they did, but continuity is the mm. word, you know, yeah. for the team. That is the dirty word. It's continuity. Bringing back Vooch, bringing back Kobe, uh, bringing back Io. Um, what do you feel? Do you feel like these are the right moves to make for the Bulls, or do you feel like we kind of should have went in another direction right here and probably maybe you know cut some fat off of this and then make because we could probably still get the same outcome without one or two of these guys or do you feel like this is exactly what you needed it to be i feel like you you like because the bulls would have only had their mid-level exception to to deal with you can't you can't let like vooch and kobe walk away because we right now didn't have the assets to to replace them if they did and then on top of that look we've seen so many young players leave the bulls and go and develop elsewhere kobe's starting to show, he's really starting to round out his game you cannot let kobe go when it seems mm-hmm. like he's 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 finally figuring it out of how to the point guardsmanship to use your word. But on top of that, like defense, the energy like and the scoring came along in the last like 23 games of the season. Hopefully we get a, a longer, you know, sample size of that. And Vooch, as much as people crap on Vooch, Vooch is still a top 10 center in the NBA. You don't just let that walk away, bro. You don't let yeah. that walk away. Now, the IO decision, I think, was a little bit harder because. You know, IO showed a lot his rookie year took a bit of a step back the numbers were about the same the three-point shooting numbers dipped hugely but there's still tons of potential in Io. and i think i know bulls fans hope for all this change year in and year out but that's not how good franchises get it done right if you see it good franchises stick by their guys to a degree and see how they're going to develop and you know kobe and Io are still young enough to where they're not done they're not the final version of the player they're going to be so it would have been crazy to let them walk. And I know a lot of people have the 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 stigma around Vooch because of what we gave up. And yeah, we gave up a lot for Vooch, probably too much. But like I said, like letting him walk away for nothing just wasn't an option. Like we would have been a way worse team by doing that. So yeah, completely agree with you on that, man. Like I I was not in the let Vooch walk camp because I'm like, what are you replacing that with? You, yeah. you don't find that. You don't find 17, 11, and four 
You know what I mean? Like, just, that's not normal how he plays, you know, and what he can do yeah. for your team. And then playing all 82 games, you know what I mean, on top of that for your squad. Like, he, he's very, very important. But I, I agree with you. The I.O. one was a little – the, the eye-opening one for me because I thought that, okay, well, it feels like he's going to, you know, get a qualifying offer from somebody else and he's going to, you know, see it take his talents elsewhere. So that was a little yeah. surprising because now it's like, okay, where? Where on this team, you know, do you feel – that you can fit because it's so many guards. This is a guard heavy squad. Everybody's six, four, you know, on this squad, it can play, you know, three <laughs> positions, man. It's like, it's so wild. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I can see the benefits, but I definitely see the negatives as well. So what do you, what do you see it as with this just guard heavy lineup that, that the bulls have? Billy Donovan's in heaven right now. He gets to play yes. four <laughs> guards at all points in time. So uh, yes. I'm, I mean, listen, Io's going to have to get back to being the defensive beast he was to carve out a role. And I think we're going to, between him and Caruso, we know that Billy Donovan is not going to be afraid to play them at the one, two, or three. So there's going to be minutes there for them if they're playing well. Um, But the Bulls are going to have to make a name for themselves defensively. Like, with how many guards we have, we're going to have to be great defensively, force turnovers, get out in transition. I want to see this team pick up the pace a little bit, especially with that bench unit. Um, because we don't have a lot of shooters off the bench. And I think that if we can be a, a team that's solid defensively in the starting lineup and bench and get out in transition, specifically with that bench unit, I think that they can be more dangerous than what people are giving them credit for. Uh, but that's going to that's gonna mean Billy's going to have to change his system a little bit. And uh -oh. I, don't have, I don't have the biggest <laughs> faith in that. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got to see on that one, man. I, yeah. I, I've called that what they can be. I, I've said on the show, I feel like, with everything they have, they could be in the running for like best bench in the league. Um, basically because of the defense, because you have a guy who is first team all defense who could be coming off your bench, yeah. you know, that could be right there off your bench and basically back in a position where I feel he's comfortable, which is basically playing safety. So he can play, you know, the one, two, three, or the four, you know, I'm talking about Caruso. Like he can do, yeah. you know, either what one of those things and guard everyone on the floor. I feel like IO is better in that uh, role as well too when he's just floating around. Because I think back to that Boston game all the time where he mm. was just out of his mind. And yeah. if you notice, he was just floating the entire game. That's what he was doing. He was just floating on offense, on defense, picking up guys full court. You know, always the guy, you know, uh, when in transition, either starting the break or, you know, knowing where to be in the lane. When, he, when they're running the break, stepping out for that three-point shot, getting that key rebound, that little key steal. Like, he was that kind of guy. I feel like he's might be in the right role so i can see them playing that as i call it that death by a thousand cuts defense yeah which is you know guys just you know nipping at you like piranhas you know what i'm saying just <laughs> nipping at you bro and running all day long but what what do you think billy would have to change though in in that system because we know billy <laughs> billy don't you know what i'm saying like i don't know if billy that dude that wouldn't be changing things it's, it's not a great it's not one of his uh strengths right there man so what do you feel like he does have to change though for this He's going to have to let them get out in trend. Like, you have a bench that are full of young. Almost everybody on our bench is better in transition. Caruso, Kobe, Drummond, right? Uh, uh, where the Pat starts or not. Like, I hope Pat does start. I hope that's not even a question, right? But, like, everybody is better when they get out. In and that's one thing that Gorn, a little bit that he did play here last year, he got everybody moving for, on that True. bench unit. So True. I think that, like, I understand your system is your system with your starters. We, we added Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, and hopefully the three-point shooting is, is definitely going to help space the floor um, a lot. But, like, ultimately, I think you need to let the young guys get out there and be young guys. You don't have the best shooters, but you have 
uh, well, coming off the bench, but you have guys that can score. And heck, Dalen, unlock da- we Dalen in transition can be dangerous. He can't shoot to save his life yet, but out in transition with his vision and his ability to get to the rim, that's yes. dangerous. Preach. So. <laughs> I mean, no, preach to me, sir. You know, I've been on that train <laughs> for a long time, brother. Oh, go ahead, though. <laughs> no, no, I'm just envisioning like, um, like a, you know, every year something falls off, right? Last year, good defensive team. This year, I'm really surprised if the defensive ranking does not stay put. Mm-hmm. You know, just because every year is just different, right? Every year is different, and I do like, I do like your, I, I do like the fact that Billy does have the lineup he wants because last year he had a couple people on his team, Green and Mr. Bounce, dude was the dunk contest winner. <laughs> uh, when he was small, the problem was you know, he would always say like, oh, "I want to go small," but then uh, they in the court, the people that was small can't dribble and shoot. So it's like, what's the point of going small if you can switch on defense, but on offense you can't do anything, right? You got two liabilities. And you know, I'm talking about Daryl Jones. Now, when you go small, you do have people on the floor that are capable of shooting and dribbling. So I think the offense would definitely look better, and his coaching will look better because I think now he has players on the floor that can do multiple things. And, and also with Io, I, you know, I mentioned I don't remember, I don't know if you recall Dave. I remember a couple years ago, like last year maybe. I hinted the fact that um, the Io is the type, the type of player that will be traded at some point. It's because he's a young guy, and you can see I, I, I look, at, look at a guy like Fred Nikitty. can't do anything on the floor, right? But just run the offense. He gets on every team, has a career, <laughs> he has a one squad. And I said Io is as bad as Fred Nikitty, but I see him as the type of player that eventually will just be like a solid guy to have on your team. I think down the road with this contract he got now, it's a it's a very if he shows some potential this year and plays well, he's probably a player you can leverage in a deal. So kind of trade at some point down the road because you do have ball handles on the floor. Now not, now maybe becomes maybe he becomes Chris Paul. I doubt it. Um, but and also to your point, Dave, he's going to show that now that you're in your proper role, as we all know, when you in your proper role, you look way better because your talent's condensed in a certain time frame, and mm. your impact on the game is, is it shows out a lot more. And I think with Ayo, to your point, Dave, that's going to be the case, right? A little lower expectations probably come in the game. To your point, Dave, great, great point of them floating and just seeing the game happen, kind of like behind the scenes doing a lot of stuff, that a lot of uh, a lot of little things in the, in the game that impact the game on a on a, on a, on a, on a important level. So I, two point, I do I do see that happening, and I think that's I think that eventually is going to raise his value as a player in general down the road. Um, but yeah, I wish they run too, man. Um, I know. I'm just I'm really anxious to see, man, uh just just the improvements of this team. So you mentioned, man, hey, you mentioned what, what who do you see? Like we, of course we want Kobe White to drop 20 in game. We want Patrick Williams to become <laughs> a uh a, a 20 point all-star. This year, I'm actually, I'm actually positive with their impact and improvement this year. Are you positive like me that Kobe White and Patrick Williams will step forward this year and show progression? Because like Seems like we're like a lot of Bulls fans. What I'm hearing are stuck in this. Oh, it's going to be the same as last year. And I'm like, every year's different, bro. Every year's different. Players, Kobe has shown improvement. It's one of the first times it, the whole team pretty much has the off season to like work out and not injured. Um, do you do you think the Kobe White improvement and Patrick Williams improvement this year is real? I definitely, like Kobe. I have no doubts on the thing with Pat is that I I it's just what's between his ears with Pat. Like if once, once Pat finally realizes like, Hey, I'm stronger than most of these guys. I don't think he's going to look back ever. Like it's just, it's the, it's just that. And Pat's improved. Like, even when you look at like him 
being the best three-point shooter on the team last year. That was an improvement. And, you know, people now point at that uh, stat. He was the least scored on player in the whole NBA in isolation. Like, those are improvements to be made. I think a lot of people have these expectations for Pat because he was the fourth overall pick. And I'm not going to – that's fair for what it is. But, like, let's not let that take away from us realizing the player that he's becoming. And Pat is turning into a player that – literally can play on any team in the NBA. You play solid defense and can shoot the ball, there's going to always be a spot for you. And I get it, fourth overall pick and all that. But, like, I, I think, Pat, we've heard a lot about his mentality this this season changing. If that's true, he's definitely going to take a step. I don't know if he's going to take the leap yet because there, I don't know if there's just enough shots for him and Billy Donovan's offense is going to run enough for him. But, Pat, is, I think he's definitely going to take another step this year too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I like how you said a step and not a leap. Like, because I, I think the leap is coming next year. I'm, I've never looked at this season as that big year. Of course, I want it to be. I think all of us want it to be. But, yeah, I see it more as, as that step. And him, because it feels like, and you're right, because everything's between the ears with him. And it, and it feels like he has to know every single thing that's going on. Like, everything has to make sense. Like, yeah. I, I, I likened him to an actor that says, what's my motivation? You know what I mean? Like he has to know why he's in the scene. Who, you know what I mean? Why he feels this way in the scene. Who's his family in the scene? What's his background? You know what I mean? Before he can go out and give you like this ultimate kind of performance. So I feel like he he is that kind of guy that is a thinker and has to know every single thing before he actually moves on it. And Kobe was like the opposite. Kobe was moving on it, period. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Kobe was like, I'm moving, dog. I'm going, all right? I ain't waiting around. And he had to kind of uh, slow down a little bit to to get to what I think we all agree he he's going to be nice uh this year but I wanted to ask you hey cuz the big discussion or the big debate going on is at that starting point guard position right there who will it be will it be a Javon Carter will it be Alice Caruso will it be Kobe White uh who do you feel will be that starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls this season and what do you think that they will bring to that starting five this year I think it's going to be Javon Carter for a couple of reasons. I think Javon has the point of attack defense. He's able to, he's a better shooter than Caruso. It kind of splits the difference, right? Uh, between the other point guards, he, he's going to be able to score. And one thing that I will give Billy Donovan credit for his offense generates open three pointers. We just didn't have the people to hit him last year. And I think Javon Carter is going to benefit a lot from that. Um, and I think that, that not to minimize Kobe, I just think Kobe, Kobe's a scorer, not a shooter. And I think that Kobe's going to benefit from being able to have a lot go through him by coming in and being that six man off the bench. I'm looking at Javon Carter to be the starter. I think he's going to understand his role. He's going to understand how to get hit, got how to get his hot shots off with other ball dominant players because all he's played with in his NBA career is ball dominant players. So right. um, I, I, I look at Javon to be that starting point guard, and I think he's going to offer the closest thing to what Lonzo gave us in three point shooting. Great defense. He's not as switchable as what Lonzo was, but I think he's going to give us the closest thing to that. Mm. Chris, who, who would you like to see at that starting position? Yeah, I agree with your points, man. I think Javon Carter is the starter um, because, as you as you know, we do have scorers in the lineup, right, um, already. And so why do we need uh, Kobe White taking up all the shots, right? So, yeah, I do see Javon Carter. And I do think this is a chance for Javon Carter. And I think it's a great point you mentioned before. He's not quite Lonzo, right, but he's like a – a mini kind of version of it, right? He shoot a three, he's okay. Can't pay defense. Although he's short, I, I keep forgetting he's like six, was it six two, six one? I think he's, I thought he was taller than that. 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but he's not as big, so that commission is switching on to maybe bigger players. Won't be as uh, you won't see that like Lonzo did. Lonzo will guard point power forward for no problem, right? So you're not gonna see that with him. But to your point, he does uh, he does provide solid defense. He does provide reliable three point shooting. So he's he's like the perfect blend of just of just being a solid vet point guard to help run the starting lineup of, of, for the for, for the Bulls. I do think there's potential for him to sort of peak as a player. Uh, given the fact that he's probably getting more minutes, um, you know, uh, what's he averaging last year? I think it was average last year. Uh, but I do Somebody, see him. I do. Go ahead. What was it? No, yeah. Let me know if you find it real quick. But I, I do see him. Oh, sort in of, minutes, he was uh, twenty-two a game. He's about okay, twenty-two he, minutes a game last year. Javon Carter. Okay. What was his points? Uh, he was dropping eight, eight points a game. Yeah, I could see him easily. You know. Dropping eleven point eight or something like that, twelve points maybe. Um, so I can see him sort of peaking as a basketball player. And I think that's a great opportunity, great timing as far as you get a veteran who's not, a, you know, of course, an all star, but just like peaking at it's what he does as on the floor. And I think you get that with Javon Carter and the fact that you mentioned the theme here is like players know their role now, right? Everyone's kind of sliding into their role. We're not compensating as much. Still, people shooting is not great, but it's got better. So guys aren't trying to do things they aren't supposed to do so the offense look better they look better and having a veteran in a point guard spot and sometimes maybe i'll come in with the bench a little bit if he's if he gets if he gets hot um i think it's it, a unit i think the team is going to look way, way more solid and i think, think i think the team is going to be way more it's going to feel more veteran you know what i'm saying more like that's it's going to feel more more older more mature just having them on the floor especially in starting lineup yeah i I went with Kobe when when this question and and very slightly <laughs> I went went with Kobe mm-hmm. for for the starting point guard um, because for me I like having a guy out there who has the potential to score thirty um, in your starting lineup and also just watching you know how he's kind of evolved as a guard and like I said we always knew he could score he was always going fast Kobe was like the guy going one on four when he gets the ball like he wasn't looking for nobody he's gone. You've seen that kind of stop uh, for him. He is much more controlled in his game and how he plays. Like, he surveys way better. He'll bring the ball out and then just survey the scene about, okay, who can I get open? Who gets the open shot here? Where can I be on the floor to help this team? Like, you see him do that a lot. And defensively, he has definitely improved. And I talked about it a lot. Um, And people calling me insane when I was pointing it out to him. (laughs) I was like, no, bro, like, Look at how he's playing this defense against these guys. He's using his size much, much better. And he's not fouling a lot when he's doing that anymore. So all that stuff was key for me in watching his development because that's what you wanted to see him evolve into, to be that guy who could be that starting guard. So I'm like, if I'm watching him evolve into this stuff, then I wouldn't keep that out the starting lineup. But it, trust me, it's, I'm not mad if Javon Carter starts, man, because of everything Hayes and you, Chris, just said. It makes all the damn sense in the world to start him like that on the team. But I I would go with Kobe very slightly just because I would like to see him get that chance with this starting unit because that's always been his goal. He he never looked at himself as a guy coming off the bench. He's always said, I'm a starting point guard in this league, man. And that's what he's uh trying to ascend to. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with Dave, but I, I and, and uh, we had a rule years ago remember Dave, you could drop 38 games, you should be the starting lineup. <laughs> and I just broke that rule. rule. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that's a good rule, but here's a question, to you guys. Though, in order for that to happen, I think someone had to take that shot. Some starting lineup, right? So mm-hmm. is this so? 
And I'm happy with, uh, with Kobe Starks because I don't think the Bulls are going to win the championship. So I throw him in the start lineup. Great to see. Great to watch. Mm-hmm. To your point, Dave, he, you know, he's shown great improvement in all aspects, all aspects of being a point guard and a scorer. Um, my only point is that I think at some point DeRozan is going to have to sort of sit, take a step back as far as like shots and have the offense run to him more. He's going to have to be willing to run more with Kobe White. You know, it's not what Paul the court. Kobe wants to go. So, so to you guys, question you guys, is this the year where you finally see DeRozan maybe purposely take less shots in the offense? Um, maybe take a step back a little bit more? Or do you think he's still going to be DeRozan and the, and the teammates around him are still going to try to get him the ball where he wants in, the, in his spots? Go ahead, I think De- DeMar isn't the best off-ball player. <clears throat> uh, the numbers support that. And I think DeMar, we saw last year with Zach, like um, when, when, I'm sorry, when Zach started in the second half of the season, really turning it up scoring, DeMar took less shots. I think he took like two or three less shots per game as that went on. So I yeah. think that there is a willingness. I think we also saw with the Spurs that DeMar can facilitate and let other players take shots. I just think we've needed him to be that player. So as long as players are showing it, that they're ready, willing, and we're winning games, I think DeMar would be willing to, to take a step back and take less shots. I don't, I don't have that view on DeMar, like he's the selfish player who just wants to get it all. I think he wants to win, and he's done what's needed to, to be done for us to win games so far. I think he he definitely would be willing to take that step back. But De- DeMar is 33 years old, man. So when you're 33, like, and you're on the team with this talent, like you just mentioned Zach and how insane he went mm-hmm. uh, in that second half of the season, and you didn't hear anything from DeMar. He was like, cool, you know, absolutely, <laughs> wonderful. Yes, great, you know what I mean? Do your thing. Because when you're at that age, you're looking for spots on the floor to rest, right? And so you want guys to have the ball and shoot the ball. Like, there are many plays I remember him passing the ball to Pat to take the shot, Mm -hmm. and Pat passes it back to him, and he threw it right back to him. Like, Mm -hmm. dude, what the hell are you doing? Shoot the damn ball. Like, like Hayes is right. Like, I don't know where that reputation came from for him, just being this selfish guy who got to take these shots. But, yeah, when he went to San Antonio, he kind of went away for me because he kind of learned how to play a little different style as far as having shooters around him and then finding those guys, you know, his assist, you know, went way up uh, when he was down there in uh, San Antonio. But just looking at his numbers compared from last year to this year, just as far as uh, field goal attempts, like he took 20 shots a game last season, this season, it was 17. Yeah. So he has no, and, and we're still an all-star and still pretty impactful for your squad. Still about 24, 25 a game. Like, he's still DeMar DeRozan. Like, that's just what it is. That's not going to change. And I I think what I want to see change was actually just his free throw numbers to go up. And I think that's where his points will come from. You know, because he he's the best on the team at drawing fouls and getting to the foul line. That's what he can do, man, and get you that kind of bucket that way. And I feel like he, he was missing more free throws in that second half of the season than I had ever seen him miss in the past few years. Like, I wasn't used to it. And it was brand new. So I want to see that part of his game uh, kind of come back. But, yeah, like, I think he has no issue with what Hayes said. Like, I don't think he has any issue at all taking a step back as long as it means we're winning. Because a guy like that don't mind doing it if it means wins. If it doesn't mean wins, give me the ball, get out the way. <laughs> I'm about to go put it in the bucket. Yeah, I think for Kobe, he has to. I think we – I think for me, and maybe you guys agree with me, for him to be effective on the floor, particularly for his game, I think he has to really dictate what goes on the floor. And I do worry about, you know, it's sort of like he has to 
move the offense to his beat. You know, he's not gonna okay. sit there. I don't think and, and just wait and set up people, or whatever like that. I think he likes to like think score first and then come off that the offense. Then, then then his passing comes off him being a scorer. I got you know you. sort of thing. So that's why I worry. That's why, that's why I'm like, well, if you starting lineup, I love to see him see him in a starting lineup. It'd be a hell of a fun. But I think if he, if he's a starting lineup, it has to be him dictating when those guys get with Demar and Levine get shots a little more versus you know let's get Demar on, on the post and, and sit back and let him take a, a post shot. I think it has to be him, and then from him, the offense the offense kind of runs, you know, kind of um kind of kind of runs to him a little bit and and with how he um attacks the, uh, the offense and. I don't know what be big Armas' offense is going to be, but if he if he start if he's in a starting line like that, I think Billy has to really sort of um you know get that get that sort of like um get, you know get the offense kind of running sort of more for Kobe first and then um Demar and um Levine. Okay, I can see that. Okay. Uh, Hayes, you kind of touched on uh Patrick Williams being being in that starting lineup, and I wanted to ask you about that because you know that that's another thing that had started going around like. It was going to be like a competition um, at the four. And I've always felt if Patrick isn't your starting four, it's a failure. Like he has to be your, your starting four. That's it. And I, I get you having Tory Craig, even Alex Caruso, who if you look at the numbers, when he was your four last year, they yeah, it, it was pretty damn successful when he was yeah. out there. But I think it still has to be Patrick Williams. It has to be him. And I'm okay with Tory Craig being in here uh, because I feel like, again, like I mentioned earlier, that steel sharpened steel kind of thing. Because Tory Craig who is who DeMar DeRozan called the best defender of him. Yeah. Excuse me, was Tory Craig. So uh, imagine him playing that defense against Patrick Williams in practice. You're going to get better. So what do you feel? It, it Do you feel that same kind of way? Like he has to start or, or we're truly doing something wrong or it's truly a failure right here? Because I, I really do feel that way. I feel like if Patrick Williams doesn't outright win the starting forward position, we it's time to be concerned. Mm. Patrick Williams needs to outright win that starting for, power forward position this season. Like, and I, I hope that when you look at, because even when you look at what Torrey Craig does, he he's a solid defender. He shoots three points decently. He's he's only had one season of being a volume three point shooter, but he shoot he's always shot the ball decently from three point. But the thing is, is that you know the consistent level of effort on both sides of the ball you're going to get from Torrey Craig every night. But he's not better than Patrick Williams, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if Patrick Williams doesn't have that starting four position, something went wrong. Something's went wrong. Something's wrong. It's something really, truly wrong if he's not out there being that dude. And I I don't want it to be it went wrong because of Patrick Williams. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be wrong because because of the coaching staff. Like, it just has to be the case where he has to be the one on that floor, man. Like, it's got to be him because it's set up for him to be him. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's just gotta be, bro. Like, I hate that fact that I even have to have these discussions about it <laughs> because it's a real thing. Because yeah. honestly, it's a it's a genuine, true thing. Like, it's a possibility that Pat, you know, we've seen, you know, mentally, you know, how he can come out. It's a possibility that can happen. He can come out that way. And Billy has shown he's not gonna wait. He's gonna pull him. Like, he's shown that, bro. Like, you can have a seat, like, right here next to me and, you know, contemplate some more while you're sitting here over the bench. <laughs> and I don't want that to be the case, you know, with him, bro. Yeah. He's too skilled. He's too good to, to be that way. Uh, Chris, do you, do you feel the same way? Like, it is an outright failure. Like, just, I mean, he was like, damn, he doesn't outright win this starting four position. Yeah, I said the same thing last year. I'm like, if you're if the guy in front of you is not better playing than you and he's starting, something's wrong with you. Like, what are you doing? Um, I yeah, I yeah, I agree. Like, like at some point, this shouldn't be a thing that to your point, Hayes, it shouldn't be a thing where it plays out in 
throughout the season. Like, well, you know, uh, Pat Williams come off the bench, and Craig has shown like he's not really a a full you know full season starter in that position. This being Patrick Williams again. No, this should be decided in practice. Like, this should be like we have to wait a month in the ABA season to prove this wrong. This should be like Patrick Williams should go and practice practice and be like, I'm the better player. You know, uh, I'm starting a lineup. I don't want to hear well he's a veteran. You know, so you know I don't you don't want to. No, 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 no. This is your time to shine. This is your time to prove how good you are. And this should be really proven in practice. It just, I agree. It, it should be. It should be no question at all. Why in the hell is he starting yeah. in, uh, in the starting lineup? And I agree. It's, something is wrong when it's not like, clear that he's yeah. hitting above better than Craig and and will be better than Craig throughout the year, you know? Um. So, yeah, because you know you're getting – Craig has a ceiling. You know his ceiling. Right. Um. I, I want to say – like, I want to yell and say – you know, what the hell is he not out there for? And it be, I'm talking to the coaching staff instead mm-hmm. of me talking to Patrick Williams. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm like, Billy, what the hell are well, you doing? Like, put him out there. I don't want it to be like, Patrick, what the hell are you doing? Sit down. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't a, want it to be that way. That's the thing. We don't know. Like, we're not in practice. Like, we don't know. Like, we, this is the thing for all, you know, for since Pat being here, we wonder, like, why is he not playing? It's because the coaching just not telling him what to do? Was he, you know, why, why don't the coaches tell him to shoot more? Me, I would say, Tell Pat to dribble more. Why is he scared to dribble the ball? You know, like, is that coaching or is that him? And I don't know which one it is. At, at some point, it's it's just the player. At some point, it's the coaching. I hope it's not the coaching. I hope it's not the coaching or the coaching. This, this goes for veterans. And and I hope the, I hope, I hope it's just if something goes wrong, <laughs> I would love it to be Pat's fault and <laughs> not the coaching. Because that's the <laughs> issue. The coaching is fucking putting, you know, holding back talent um, mm. for veteran players and whatnot. Um, yeah, so... That's that's why the, as fans is frustrating, right? You know, like you you don't know what goes on in practice all the time. They maybe you do because you you know you have the insights more than I do. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you know someone something I don't know. But like I'm not in practices. I don't know how they go. I don't know what happens in practices. But yeah, if he's not playing, please don't have it be because of coaching philosophy or something that the player. You know what I'm saying? If it's if it's really just wanting a veteran guy who you know what's going to get every game, eight points or whatever like that. He rather had that in the starting lineup. It's like okay, dude, come on. So, Put that on lineup. Yeah. Mm. Man, hey, I wanted to ask you about Zach Levine, because it feels like every year we kind of have this conversation about Zach being his year, being the guy, being the person on the team who everybody lines up behind and the guy is carrying in the bulls, you know, as far as they need to go. And we're in year what 10 uh for Zach Levine. And he's right in his prime. Like, he's right in his sweet spot, like right here. Is it something going into this season that you expect from him as far as – because I expect him to be an all-star. That's my expectation Mm -hmm. that I'm laying out for Zach is all-star, third-team, all-NBA. That's what I'm looking at for Zach Levine. Those are my expectations for him. And I damn sure expect him to be an all-star. Third-team, all-NBA is, you know, just something he can aspire to, and I want him to get there. Cause that that's one of those. Yes. Okay. We're not crazy. You are this damn good. You know what I mean? Like I want everybody to recognize it. Do you have any like that for Zach? And just asking you the time honored tradition question, is this the year Zach can be the number one guy on the team? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we, so when Zach's healthy, we've seen it. The start of the, a season, uh, two seasons ago at this point when Lonzo, like, Everybody talks about DeMar, but DeMar and Zach's numbers were the exact same before DeMar, DeMar, I mean, Zach got hurt. And then coming back to this season, 
uh, the second half of the season. After January 5th, Zach Levine was scored the third most points in the NBA, only behind Dame and, and Joel Embiid. So, like, this is the season that if Zach can stay fully healthy, you're abs- like not only an all-star, you need to make an all-NBA team. We need to see you be efficient, limit the turnovers in crunch time. And it, we it was the first time in a year last season that we saw games to finish the season where Zach was – he did everything that he could. He just needed somebody to help him score, and nobody could give it to him. That we need that, Zach, every single night. And hopefully now with better shooters, we're going to have somebody who's also able to help shoot the ball, score some other points when needed. But, like, this is the year that Zach needs to show and remind everybody, hey, yeah, I'm Zach Levine. I have my limits defensively. defensively, But guess what? There's only a handful of people who can score better than me in the NBA. That's what we need to see from Zach. And I'll say this. Zach needs to be nothing. And scoring isn't everything. But Zach needs to be no lower than top 10 overall in scoring in the NBA this season talking about right there mm. that's the zach but that's the zach i want you're right like that's what it has to be because that's what we see like it's right there like we sit and watch these games and we're like there are moments in the game where i'm just like this is too easy for him like yeah. this game is just really too easy for this dude like look at this it's effortless like i've been saying for years he has the top three quickest first steps in the nba like his first step is insane like he's gone like as soon as he's, gone, he's gone and nobody can guard him or take him now he's starting to get some calls, you know, from the officials. You know, he's before he would just get, you know, beat down in the lane and not get any calls. Now he's starting to get a couple and get to the line. That only adds, you know, obviously to the point totals right there. But now it's it's coming down to winning, you know, for Zach Levine. The, the Athletic, and we did a show about this on CHGO Book. The Athletic had put out an article where they talked about the tier top tier players in the NBA, one through 125, and tier one, two, three, four, and five. And they had Zach in a tier four, which is players 67 to 80. And other guys in there are like, you know, DeAndre Ayton, John Collins, Alex Caruso, you know, these kind of players. And they were like, yeah, I know. And I was, and I said on the show, the only time you would even, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, the only time Zach Levine's name should even be mentioned with these dudes is when you're asking for a food order. When you're like, yo, Bogdan, Zach, DeAndre, what y'all want? You know what I'm saying? That's the only time they should be mentioned together. And it shouldn't be like this. So, and their reasoning was winning. That was their whole reasoning about it was, well, we haven't seen him, you know, win like that. We know he can do this stuff, but has his points, you know, helped his team win? Have they gotten to the playoffs? And I feel like that's a fair argument, but it's a dumb assessment to have him at a tier four because of that reasoning. You know what I'm saying? Like, come yeah. on, dog. Let's let's not be disrespectful out here to this dude, man. This is Zach Levine. Let's not be this kind of bad. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And to your, Go ahead. And to your point, to a point, Dave, you know, I've been hollering at we both been mad at that just yelling at Zach Levine to like, hey, your game is easy. You make it way more difficult than what it is. But uh, let's not underestimate the fact that even though the Bulls aren't a great, will probably not be a great three-point shooting team, they have improved. And having, you know, Craig on the floor or um, or uh, what's called on um, uh, Carter on the floor will give him some space um, to go one-on-one where guys have to respect the corners and he can get to the basket more. So let's not underestimate that. And my plea to Zach Levine is like, don't let Brunson be a better post-up player than you this year, please. Um, you're 6'6". <laughs> Jalen Brunson should not be a better post-up player than you. So I'm not saying go to post all the time, but like you flirt with it a couple of times in the game. We all see them going there and go, hey, they should have paid away. It's like, like, bro, we got somebody small on you. It's okay. You know, give him, give him the post. 
and uh, shoot fade away or take it to the bucket. Um, I think he would have too much on that, you know, that step back fade away thing for no reason. Um, so yeah, pre post game, uh, I think he would have a little more space to operate if I was going to the bucket just because of three point threats on the floor. And um, for the love of God, I hope he, I hope he went went to the went to the gym and worked on his handles. So in the fourth quarter, he's more confident you're going to dribble the ball. If he, if he has improved that improved that this year, then I guess he'll never will improve it. It's just you just got you just got to have players around him just do it for him. I guess. Yes, yes, that, yes. <laughs> but well, man, he won't be the man. So if, if, if you want to get off that damn list. You want to be the man? You got to have to be able to dribble the ball in the fourth quarter. Man, like, the dribble like, off you have to. You, you, you're not That's the man. Then. Case. <laughs> you're not the man. You can't be the man if you can't dribble the ball in the fourth quarter, bro. You just can't. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, <laughs> No, I'm just saying, man, it's just that's just one of those things that every single like I act like it's the first time I see it every single time. I just get so frustrated. I'm like, come on, Zach, bro. This is what we doing, man. This is what we doing, bro. And it'd be like, and then Zach does that, like it's the dribbling off the foot thing. And then this Zach seriously has to stop letting the refs get him out his game. We see that way too much. Like if he feels like he doesn't get a call on a couple of drives, at that point he's trying to send a message to the ref and almost trying to force their hand to give him a play call. And don't get me wrong, sometimes you're going to need to do that to keep the refs honest. But like I feel like Zach sometimes allows that the bad officiating to get him out of his bag a little bit too much. Yeah, you're right about that because he he will turn around and yell and complain. And they won't give them text for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll just be like, yeah, okay, okay little fella. Like, keep on moving. <laughs> it's fine. And then at that time, it's, you know what I'm saying, it's a four-on-two break because he's not back on defense. You know what I mean? And you're absolutely right about that, man. He, he's got to get out of that mindset. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what it is, man. Because I, But I will say I'm excited to watch the Bulls this season and, and just see what it is because there's so many unknowns. But I mean that in, in not a negative way. Like, What's this lineup? Who's going to be the starting point guard of the team? You know, what's these what's these guard lineups going to look like? Because now Billy has, you know, players to kind of play with. And I don't have yeah. to see Tony Bradley, you know what I'm saying, coming to game anymore. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Oh, your soul. I don't have to see Derrick Jones Jr. come in anymore because he would just cheat with Derrick Jones Jr. Derrick Jones <laughs> Jr. would be playing bad. And I'd be like, dude, get him, give him, give Dalen Terry them two minutes. And let me get you, some man. energy in this game real quick. Yeah. All I wanted was some energy. And he'd be like, nah, Derek's here. I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with the vet. Well, he's gone. That excuse is out the window, too. So now he's got so many more toys and so many more options with these young guys to play. Uh, but, Hayes, what are you expecting for the Bulls this season? And what do, what do you really, truly, like, want to see from this team as far as uh, the improvement of them this season? I'm expecting 45 wins at a minimum. Mm. I, I I need well, let me be for 42 to 45 wins is what I want to see realistically for the Chicago Bulls team. Um, and I think the improvements that we need to make is being taking more threes, hitting more threes. We can't continue to be at the bottom of the league. And I don't expect us to all of a sudden be in the top 10 of the league in three point shots. But like, I think Torrey Craig and, and Javon Carter in the margins are going to help us a lot with that three point shooting. I think Pat is going to continue to be a good three point shooter as well. Um, and Kobe white, who I, Think shot the ball like 42% from three-point range after the all-star mm. break. We need all of that. And I think that mm. that's gonna those we lost 17 games last season. And it, and because the team shot more three-pointers than us. And then like seven of those games, we actually scored more field goals, but because we didn't shoot threes, they still won the game. So, like that, if you just if you just can flip 
a portion of those games. We're looking at a team that's now a 42-44 win team, and that changes your perception of the team a lot. So that's what I want to see. And then better half-court defense. I know we were a top five defensively overall, but a lot of that was because we limited transition buckets. I want to see us be better in the half-court, and I think we have the personnel to be that as well. Oh, that's so true. Uh, Chris, do you have an expectation for this team as far as win totals uh, are concerned? Yeah, definitely. Um, 45 should be – yeah, that should – I want 45 at least, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I think I mentioned before in the earlier podcast, I think, you know, I, I'm willing to to accept the fact that AV year is different. You know, he's not the same players. I know it seems like the front office didn't do much or whatever. You know, they just kind of uh, improved around the edges. And the edges, you know, sometimes the edges taste pretty good, you know, on bread and pie. So, uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so, I, so I like to – no, nah, don't slide over that. Don't slide over that. <laughs> hey, that's a bar. That's, that's <laughs> a great. This is a loud post right here. Loud post right here. <laughs> oh my god! It's on top of the dome, side road, man. On top of the dome. So no, nah, but uh, but no, because I, I, I think every year is different, and, and even even like even like you say you want them to run more, right? Well, the Bulls potentially have the better defensive team in Star Carolina now, if, if if Carter starts and Craig. You may see more ball, def- even more ball deflections. I think the Bulls are like top, top in the league in that ball deflections, with number one or something like that. So you're going to have even more opportunity. They may end up running more because they're getting more deflections and they're more versatile defense. And I, and I, so I think you may see some things that you probably didn't expect. And I expect this team this year to just be better overall. And, and, and as a fan, as a basketball fan, I expect this team to be much more enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to see, I want to see that look well. Mission. This is. The, I want to see Zach Levine show me something like that. Like he understands now what what he is and what he can be on the floor. And we all know about Kobe and Pat Williams. Um. And I want to see. I, you know, it's interesting. I kind of want to see how Kobe kind of because like in the year he really paid like he found himself until the coach took him out. But but it seems like. Uh, but I think I want to see. I want to. I want to see. If he could continue, if he if he could play at a higher level all year this year, if mm-hmm. he could start from that point where he just automatically, I know what I am on a player, I could drop thirty a game, it's no figuring out kind of thing. Yeah, so definitely, I want to see Zach sort of really step forward this year as far as like being healthy all season, ended ended the season well last year, a certain extent, and have him be clearly clearly the primary guy on offense. And I want to see if Kobe can start the season all playing at a high level, particularly offensively, and sort of sustain that throughout the year. 47 wins. That's what I'm saying. Ooh, Ooh, optimistic okay. right there. I'm saying 50. 47 wins. Bro. That's what I say 50, Dave. Say 50 by 47. No, I'm good on that. <laughs> Give me 47. Give me 47 on them, bro. Like, I was going to – I was thinking 45 weeks ago, but I, uh, I don't know why. I just feel like they, they can get 47, man. But – you know, hey, whatever they if they win between forty five and forty seven, I'm gonna be super excited uh, for them. So I just want the playoffs. Uh, we want to go. Uh, no matter what they tell you, kids, winning is not wrong. <laughs> Going to the playoffs is not a bad thing. All right, this is what everybody what the hell they're trying to do. Don't let them fool you because nobody had Miami, not the finals. Nobody had them in the first round. <laughs> like so, start there. So, but yeah, winning's cool, kids. It's a thing. Uh, we've been joined by our guy Hayes, man. 
Hayes, please tell the people where they can find all the awesome things that you do, my friend. You can follow me uh, personally at CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. Uh, you can follow me creatively at Chicago Bull Central, uh, Chicago Bear Central, Chicago White Sox and Cubs Central, Chicago Sky Central. Basically, if there's a Chicago team, type Chicago, the team name and Central after it on YouTube, you'll find us. That's, that's what it boils down to. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. Oh, man, you follow me at Ball Sports, B-A-W-L Sports. You follow Chris at Ball Sports 1 of uh, social media on Instagram as well. Yeah, we'll be back doing more of these shows. Uh, so as the season approaches, we are getting more and more excited uh, about it, y'all. So, yeah, basketball is almost here. Schedule's been released. It's all about preseason coming up right now. And, yeah, we'll see what that is. And that should be fun. Chris? Yeah, I was like October. I'm like, oh man, I wanted to come so fast, but then it gets cold outside. But I want to, play, want to watch some basketball. No, I got I got hoodies for that, bro. I'm ready. Give <laughs> me play music. Ball. I'm ready for it, man. <laughs> Straight up. But man, thank y'all for listening, man. We will check back in with y'all real soon. On behalf of our guy Hayes, on behalf of Chris, aka C Dub, I am Big Dave, y'all. We out of here. Peace.